Hello, and welcome to the Elevate You podcast, your weekly dose of mindset, personal development, success, business, and all things elevating your life. I am your host, M, a two-time psychology degree graduate, mindset junkie, and business owner, also known as your no BS guide to elevating your mindset and helping you to take bold action towards your dream life. I'm a corporate dropout turned business owner, and I attribute my success to one thing, my mindset. With my unique merging of psychology, mindset, and business strategy, I believe that creating the life you want is all about asking yourself the right questions. And so I am here to help you think deeper and remove your fear so you can go after all the things you want in life. If you're ready to seriously elevate your mindset and transform your life, turn the volume up and let's begin. Hello, welcome back to the Elevate You podcast. I am so excited to be here yet again. This is my second time recording this episode because little old me forgot to plug in my microphone and so the audio of the last one, which was 40 minutes of me speaking nonstop, was just a bit worse than I would like it to be. And so I'm re-recording now. Hopefully this episode will be just as good, if not maybe more concise than the last episode. So yeah. I'm excited. Let's dive in. This episode is going to be a carry on from the last episode. So if you haven't listened to the very first episode of this podcast, please go and do that first because it is kind of a carry on into this one. And I'm going to kind of, I guess, start where I left off in the last one. So the last episode was all about my kind of mindset journey, how I got into mindset, personal development, um, my background in psychology, and then kind of leading into when I quit my job and, you know, how that came about. And now I'm kind of moving into how I started my business and what happened after I quit my job and how that kind of enabled me to start my business. And so that is what we're going to talk about today. It's going to be a lot of stuff around a bit more of the mindset around how I started my business a little bit like there wasn't really that much strategy involved with to begin with. So if you have questions about the strategy behind starting a business and stuff like that, I'm more than happy to make another episode all about that. But this will be really about what I had to kind of conquer and what I had to go through in order to start my business. So yeah, without further ado. Let's dive in. So leaving off from the last episode, which was around when, you know, I was having to quit my job because we were moving up to where I live now, Queensland, which is a different state in Australia. So pretty much, I guess, when it came to the journey of starting my business, It really began even before I had quit my job. And I say that because all the mindset work that I'd done before I quit my job was really, really important when it came to me having the right amount of confidence and self-belief to actually go into starting social media and starting my business and all of that type of stuff. So my journey really with wanting to work for myself and build a business began months before I had quit my job. And it really began with, I think the very first, like the number one question that instigated me starting to think about, okay, what do I actually want out of my life? What do I want out of my career? 
was a question. It was from a book. I can't remember what book it was, but it said, do you care more about how your life looks to other people or do you care about how your life feels for you? And when I read that question, it was kind of like a slap in the face because I realized for so long I had been living my life by the terms of other people. And what I mean by that is I was living my life based on whether other people would think I was successful or whether other people would approve of what I was doing. I wasn't actually caring at all about whether I liked something or didn't like something. I was caring about what other people thought about what I was doing. And that could have been my parents. It could have been friends, extended family, even just random acquaintances, you know, people on the street, people on social media. Like I was caring way more about how my life looked on the outside to them than I cared about how I actually felt living my life day to day. And so that was a really confronting realization to have that I literally had no care for myself and for whether I was happy and whether I liked doing what I was doing. I cared so incredibly much about the acceptance from other people and about other people seeing my life as successful. I would care, you know, if they're going to say, oh my God, she's so successful. Like she's in such a great job. She earns so much money. Like, you know, she has such a fun life and blah, blah, blah. And from the outside, you know, I'm sure it it did look that way. But on the inside, I realized how unhappy I was in my current situation, in my current job with what I was doing. And so that was probably the biggest realization. And it's a question that I ask myself a lot to kind of keep myself on the straight and narrow because falling back into that tendency to want to be accepted by other people is so easy to slip back into because we grow up in a society where we seek acceptance from other people. Like that is the societal norm to seek acceptance from your parents, from your teachers, from your peers, from like social media, from everything. Like And that's how we find friends, we find partners and that type of social acceptance, yes, is, you know, somewhat necessary in terms of like creating yourself a community and having friends and everything. But when it comes at the expense of your happiness and what you actually want to do with your life, it's actually not helpful at all. And it's not something that you want to live your life by. And in that moment, when I thought of like, when I was looking at that question and I was answering it, I was like, I can't keep living my life this way. I can't keep living my life according to what I think, like what I think, not even what other people have told me, just what I think they might think of me. (laughs) You know, it's such a, a, a terrible cycle to get yourself in because you never actually know what other people are thinking. And so you're just doing guesswork the whole time of whether people will actually think you're successful, whether they think you're, you're actually, you know, making money and you're pretty and your life is amazing and you're having fun. And, you know, other people, when you're having the most fun in your entire life, like you're having the most genuine fun, other people might look at that and be like, Ugh, like, no, like that's cringy or that's like, you know, whatever it is, but you're having the most fun in your entire life. Like, why would you base your life off of what other people say when other people like just have judgments based on their own lives? And so 
I started to realize I was never going to make everyone happy no matter what I did. There was always going to be someone who agreed with what I did, always someone who agreed with what I didn't do, whether I was trying to be socially successful and accepted or not. And so I really started to make a concerted effort to ask myself the question of what do I genuinely want outside of what I think is expected of me? And that question took me a long time to answer. And I think that's why I say my journey to starting my business and creating the life I actually wanted was began way before I actually started like making the moves. (laughs) It was it began with the small mindset shifts and the small questions. And I'm a big believer now that if you ask yourself the right questions, life is all about asking yourself the right questions and growth and healing and change and becoming the person that you want to be is all about asking yourself the right questions because the right questions awaken to you the possibilities that are actually out there for you. And they make you question how you're leading your life and why you're leading your life the way that you are. So that was probably the biggest area in my life where I started thinking, okay, things need to change. I'm actually not happy in most areas of my life. So I needed to start thinking about what could change. And obviously moving away and stuff like that, like I spoke about in the last episode, was a change that I felt like I needed to make. But obviously my job was a big one as well. And Even before I started making those changes as well, one of the biggest things that I did, like I said in the last episode, was learning more about money. Like, I'm going to be real with you guys. Obviously, money is not the be-all, end-all when it comes to happiness, but I knew that money would enable me to live the life that I really wanted to live. Like, it would enable me to have time freedom, and what I want most is to have time to just live life and be free. And it would also afford me the things that I wanted in life. Like my dream is to have a farm and have horses. And, you know, unfortunately, that shit costs money. And so I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, oh, nothing was about money and blah, blah, blah. No, like one of the first things that really made me realize that I wanted to work for myself was learning about money and becoming more financially literate. And that began with understanding my money and how to handle my money, how I was earning my money, what to do with that money. And then also learning more about, you know, investing. And I read the book, well, I listened to the audiobook version of this book. It's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I don't know if I said that in the last episode, but if not, I just so strongly recommend that book because it opened my eyes to the world of working for yourself and how Yes, it can be really hard to start your own business and, you know, work for yourself, but how in the long run, there's never a cap on the success that you can have when you run your own business compared to if you're working for someone else. Yes, you might get promoted and pay rises. And, you know, in the two years I'd worked in my corporate job, I'd gone from $50,000 to $90,000. But I realized that there was always going to be a cap on the amount that I could earn, you know, and I don't know if that's the same for every industry. I know it is for a lot, maybe not for the sales industry um, or like real estate or I don't know when you get commission. But I realized that a lot of the time in majority of jobs and stuff like that, there's always a cap or a limit on what you can earn. Like even when you become a head of your department or a CEO or I don't know, there's always 
a limit on what you can earn. And I realized I didn't want that limit and I didn't feel like that limit was fair for me. I wanted to do more and I felt like I could do more. And I loved the idea of like, yes, starting something was going to be really hard and I was going to have to learn a lot, but there was going to be no cap on it. Like I would be able to build my success and be in charge of my life and my business and my money. And so I just started to realize that that was what I wanted to do. And I wasn't really going to take no for an answer. And I knew it might not be easy to get there. I might have to have other jobs along the way where I worked for other people. But I knew that at the end of the day, working for myself and having something of my own was what I wanted to do. And so just having that intention set was like the most important thing. I think the first thing Well, I mean, I know the first thing that you have to do if you want to bring something into your life and this goes into manifesting and everything like that, but you have to ask for what it is that you want. You know, you've got to ask for what it is you want to manifest, what it is you want to create. And so by me kind of setting that intention that I wanted to work for myself, I was asking the world for that and I was going out and then looking for ways that I could do that. So that's kind of why it starts even before I quit my job. But after that, when I quit my job, I moved up here. I had no friends up here. I knew absolutely nobody. I think I mentioned in the last episode that I'd saved quite a lot of money. I think I saved between 15 to like 20,000 Australian dollars. And so I specifically had saved up enough money to not really have to work for a good five to six months. And During that time, the first three-ish months, I didn't work at all. And that was like, I always say to people, I obviously know that this is not, not everyone is able to do this, but if you have the opportunity to take time off work, I could not recommend it more. And I mean, like I wasn't working, I wasn't studying, I had no responsibilities at all. And it was just the most eye-opening time of my life. And I would definitely, definitely not be where I am today without it. And I'm not saying that that means you have to do it. I think it just really excelled my timeline because I had to find out who I was very quickly. I learned so much about myself and my confidence. Like when I say I had no friends, I literally mean I knew no one here. And like my partner had a full-time job. He was off at work every day. Like I honestly, every single day for the whole day was on my own. And so I had to find ways, like I had to grow really comfortable in my own presence and I had to find ways to keep myself occupied. I had to find out what I liked and what I didn't like and what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. And so it was just a massive process of, really finding myself and finding out who I was. And I think, you know, during that time, after three months, I got a casual job working at a fashion boutique near where I live. Um, And I literally worked there maybe once a week, once a fortnight, just to make some extra money, but also to find friends. (laughs) Because I had to put myself out there and I had to start to make friends. There was no other like way I was going to do it. And so I did start to work and I, you know, earned enough money a fortnight that would it would pay for my groceries pretty much, nothing else. Um, but 
that was like a great, I guess, yeah, way to make friends. Not that that's really relevant to this episode. <laughs> but I pretty soon, I think after three months, realized that, you know, I wanted to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I had a lot of question marks above my head around, okay, do I want to go back and study? Do I want to start my business? Do I want to work? Like if I do want to start a business or study, what is that going to be around? And I always thought, oh, maybe I'll go back and study marketing or, you know, maybe I want to go work for a fashion company in marketing or in something like that. And so I just started to create lists of different things, different jobs I thought I could do. I had a note on my phone that was like different jobs you could potentially do. And I did, I remember I applied for one and it was for a just a really cool fashion brand and they randomly like there are no fashion brands where I live like no headquarters for fashion brands but this one randomly had a headquarters that was like 15 minutes away from my house and so that was unheard of usually if you want to work in fashion you'd have to be driving over an hour every day into Brisbane which is the closest city but this fashion boutique was up here and I applied for a job and it was like a styling assistant job and I've always loved fashion and I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to work my way up in fashion and then maybe I'll start my own fashion boutique. And, you know, that that was just like in my head of what I was going to do. And I got an interview. I spent so long on my resume and my cover letter. I got an interview and I was like, I'm going to put my working for myself aside. Like that can come later when I want to start my own fashion boutique. But for now, like I'm going to do this. And I smashed the interview and I was like, oh, dead set. I know I like, I'm sure I've got this job. I'm sure I've got it. I feel like I'm so overqualified for this job. And lo and behold, two weeks later, they told me I didn't get the job. <laughs> And I was beside myself. Like I was so sad. I was crying on my balcony. I didn't want to talk to my partner. I was just sobbing with tears for like a whole day. And I felt like a disappointment. I felt like, oh my God, what are my parents going to say now? They're going to be so disappointed in me. All of that type of stuff again. And I realized after a good, like, I mean, it took me a little bit to get over it. It took me like two or three days to get over it. <laughs> As you do when your dreams are crushed. But I realized that maybe it just wasn't my time. You know, it wasn't meant for me. It wasn't, it wasn't what I was supposed to do. And there had to be something else out there that was meant for me. And so after that experience, I kind of knuckled down on figuring out if I wanted to work for myself, what would I do? I didn't really want to go back and study. I didn't feel the need to go back and study marketing when I have a background in psychology and I'm very savvy when it comes to strategy and business and planning. And so I started by trying to create all these different businesses. And this was one of the, I wrote down, I don't write any notes for these podcast episodes, but I wrote down on a little sticky note, a couple of like words. And this was one of them. And it was like the trial and error period that you kind of have to go through before you figure out exactly what you want to do. And I remember that I thought maybe I would have a candle business. And actually that was during COVID. I 
learned how to make candles and I was like, oh, maybe I'll have a candle business and I'll just make really cool candles and I'll make them in all different shapes and, you know, just be really cool candles. (laughs) And it was not for me. I made like one batch of candles and I was like, great, I know how to make candles. This isn't it. And then I think I learned how to knit as well during COVID. And I was like, oh, what if I could knit really cool stuff? And I learned how to knit. I think I knitted like a quarter of a scarf and I was like, nah, this ain't it. (laughs) And when I moved up here, I remember I was so bored. I, I took up a lot of hobbies. Obviously I started painting and I thought I might start a like home decor business. I would upcycle vases and stuff that I bought from secondhand shops and I would do that. And then I also started to source some vases and products like you know those female body vases and stuff I would source them from overseas and I like brought them here and I probably spent a good few thousand dollars upcycling stuff and I was like this is it this will be my business came up with a name registered it as a business name um got an ABN made my social medias for it and then I just realized nah not for me. Like I don't actually want to upcycle stuff all the time. I'm not really at the point right now where I want to have like a product-based business where I have to post out really big chunky items. That's just not something I see sustainable, like being sustainable for me right now. And so again, that was like a good like month or more and a couple thousands of dollars spent on trying to do that. And then I started to think, oh, I took up making jewelry and I was like, oh, I'm going to, I started making resin jewelry and I bought all the stuff you needed for it, everything under the sun. And I started making it. And then I started making pearl jewelry. So pearl rings and everything like that. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is it. And again, like I made my ABN, my business name. I got my social media, like I'd made the product, I'd given it to friends, like friends of friends were asking where are they from? And I was like, oh, this will be the biggest hit ever. And I think I sold like two or three of them. And then I was like, nah, not for me. (laughs) And I don't know what told me, I think it was just a gut feeling of like, nah, like I can't see myself having to physically make this stuff all the time and having to sell it. And like, no, just not quite, not for me. And so one, that's why one of the things I wrote down on my little sticky note was trial and error, because the number one thing that I feel like everyone has to know when it comes to whether starting, starting a business or even just finding out what you want to do, whether, you know, what career you want to take, if you want a different job, like one thing you have to realize is that life is a big trial and error. Like you are never going to know if you like something or if you don't like something unless you try it. And that's the same for if you like are trying out a hobby, like you're never going to know if you like tennis unless you try it. You're never going to know if you like ping pong, unless you try it, you're never going to know if you like horse riding, unless you try it. You're never going to know if you like blue cheese, unless you try it. You're never going to know if you like eggplant, unless you try it. And for some of those, you're going to realize like eggplant, hate it, don't want it. For some of them, you're going to realize, okay, ping pong, 
like great as a hobby, but I don't want to make it my career. And for other things, you can be like, oh my God, I love this so much. Like, you know, it could have been the jewelry. I could have been like, oh my God, I love this so much. This is it. Like, this is what I want to do. So whether that is hobbies, whether that is potential businesses, whether that is potential jobs slash careers, just know that it is so natural and it's a part of life to be in a trial and error phase and to try things out in order to figure out if you like them or not. Like how can we expect ourselves to know if we like something if we haven't fully given it a shot? And we were so good at this when we were younger. Like you never know if you're going to like gymnastics or if you're going to like riding your bike or, you know, unless you try. And as a kid, you have to try everything or you don't know if you're going to like it. All the sports you did at school, you had to try them and figure out if you like them or not. And sometimes you like them for a really long time. Sometimes you like them for a season. Sometimes you don't like them at all. And that's totally fine. And so how can you take that mindset with you and bring it into your adult life now and realize that that trial and error hasn't stopped. You're not going to know if something is right for you unless you try it. So that's kind of the first thing that I would say when it came to business is a really important outlook to have. And remember that if you find things that you don't like, the best outlook that I had was just accepting that part of the process, accepting that I was going to find things that weren't right for me and weren't things that I wanted to do. And knowing that that is just part of the process. It doesn't mean anything about me. It doesn't mean I'm a failure. It doesn't mean I'm wrong. It just means I've found something that I don't want to do. Just like Thomas Edison, he found just another way, not how to build a light bulb. It's trial and error and also accepting the process of that. Like if you want to find what you're passionate about, you're going to have to accept the process of the trial and error. That's one thing I made sure I really wanted to say. Moving on, when it came to actually starting my business, like I can tell you exactly what happened, which I will. And I'll tell you kind of the mindset stuff that I had to get through in order to get there. So pretty much what happened for me was as I was... I think it was when I was making the jewelry business and stuff alongside that with my personal development journey through those like three months of not working, I went on the biggest <laughs> personal development journey ever. I was so committed to the mindset work. I was journaling and I was meditating every single day and I was just so far into that. And so I decided like at that time, I didn't really have many friends and I was like, look, social media is gonna be my friends. I started, um, I made a TikTok and I made TikTok because I knew none of my friends had TikTok. And that was a big thing for me at the beginning. I didn't really have that much confidence in terms of friends seeing stuff. And so I started my TikTok and I just posted videos about my mindset and personal development journey. And it started with just like introducing myself and my background and my story and my journey. And then I started sharing videos around like the journal prompts that I was using and the tips that I had and how to do this as well. And I think majority of people who follow me and come to my channel and everything know about my journal prompt challenges on TikTok. If you don't, you're missing out. But I started doing 30 day challenges where I would share a prompt every single day. And they were very deep, like introspective prompts. And the first one I did was 30 days to healing. And that was a big, it was a big shadow work challenge. It was all about shadow work and inner child healing. When I shared that 
my social media went from, I think it was like 200 or 300 followers overnight to 30 to 40,000 followers. If you are wanting to dive even deeper into your mindset and personal development journey, check out my mindset membership, Elevate You. In this monthly membership, you get access to my signature self-study mindset course, an entire journaling and meditation library, and monthly group calls and masterclasses. I created this membership because I was so tired of seeing how inaccessible personal development, mindset, healing, and growth was becoming. Healing and growth is a lifelong journey, and so it made sense to create an accessible all-in-one platform. You can have all the information and tools that you need in one place for the rest of your life. There's also the option for additional one-to-one support through the VIP and elite levels. However, these spaces are highly limited. The link will be in the show notes for you to check it out. Well, I remember going to bed and I knew that the video was doing really well and lots of comments and stuff like that, but I didn't really look into it. And then the next day I woke up and I went on TikTok and I was like, holy shit, I had 30 to 40,000 followers and it was just climbing rapidly. Like every time I refreshed it, I would have another thousand followers and that was just from one video. And so... I just remember being like, oh my God, okay, well, this shit works. And so I just kept sharing my journal prompts. I just kept doing the 30-day challenges and sharing information about mindset and personal development and all of that type of stuff. And pretty quickly, like I started my social media in end of June, start of July. And by August, I'm pretty sure I had 200,000 followers. It was wild. Like I had never experienced anything like that. And you sometimes think like, oh my God, like that's everything that I've ever wanted. But let me tell you, when you get it, you sit there and you're like, holy shit, what do I do with this now? Like, what the fuck am I meant to do with this now? It is, it trips you out when you're not ready for it. And I definitely was not ready for it at all. I'd been posting on TikTok a week or two before it happened. And so... I was just way out of my depth, but I kept posting. I just posted every day and pretty quickly I realized I was like, okay, wow, I can do something with this. This can turn into something. This could be my career if I play this smart. So I started thinking like, what can I actually do with this? And I saw, I'd never known about it before, but I saw like I kept getting served people on TikTok and Instagram that were life coaches and mindset coaches. And I'd never thought about it before. I didn't know it was a thing. And pretty quickly I was like, oh wow. Like I'm very, I guess, kind of qualified or overqualified to do that. Like that's actually something I could do combining my background in psychology, studying psychology and working in it with the mindset and personal development work I've been doing so much. And it felt like the perfect mix. And so very quickly, like I made some very quick decisions around, okay, I'm going to go do a diploma in life coaching. And it wasn't an amazing diploma. I probably wouldn't recommend it to anyone. So (laughs) if you're going to ask me, what did I do? I am not going to recommend it to you because I honestly didn't need to do it. Everything within it, I had already known from my background in psychology. And so I finish that within I think two weeks or two weeks to a month and then I started doing one-to-one calls and one-to-one clients and 
pretty quickly. Started social media in end of June, July, and I started making money in August. So it was a very quick turnaround for me. And I think within August, I had three or four clients who were like recurring weekly clients. And then only a month or two later, I probably had 10 to 12 recurring clients. And pretty quickly, I remember, I think it must have been September, October, maybe I signed on for my first group coaching program. It was like a business mindset um, group program and I, which I paid for, like I was a client of it because I wanted to learn. I was like, okay, if this shit is going to work, I need to invest money and I need to learn very quickly how to do this. And so I signed up for that and that just really boosted my confidence and gave me, it was just great to have people to go to who knew kind of what I was going through and knew how to help me with the questions that I had. I remember I had to borrow money from my parents in order to pay for that. And I borrowed some money from my partner as well in order to pay for it. And I think it was maybe three or $4,000. So it was a pretty big investment for me at the time, especially when I hadn't been working for a good six months. But I remember August, I started making money by the end of October. So the third month I'd made, I made $12,000 in that month, Australian in sales and then 9,000 Australian dollars in cash, like cash in my bank from that month. And that was like the, the biggest month I'd ever had. And that's what made me be like, holy cow, this can actually, like, I can actually make a lot of money doing this. So that's kind of the timeline around me starting my business and how it happened for me. And I fully acknowledge that it doesn't happen that way for everyone. You know, I feel like I was lucky and I got in like with TikTok and stuff at the right time. I had a good strategy when it came to TikTok and I knew how to get views and how to kind of convert that to followers. And so TikTok and Instagram and stuff are very different now. It's not really the same game anymore. It's kind of a lot harder to get that. Like my videos just went fully viral and I was just so lucky for that, but it doesn't quite happen that way anymore. It can, but it's a lot harder. So that was kind of my journey in terms of starting my business. And I just remember at the beginning, it was such a big learning curve. I knew nothing about starting a business. I knew nothing about the software that I needed, like how to set up a business, how to create like a little website thing. Like I knew absolutely shit all about creating a business. And so every day I was just learning and learning and learning. And obviously in my, that group program I was in also like I would just YouTube everything and Google everything and learn about different softwares that you needed. And that was probably the most helpful thing in my group program was actually figuring out what software I needed in order to run my business and having all my backend set up and even pricing and everything like that. So yeah, that's kind of the very start of my business. And a couple things that I wrote on my little sticky note that I want to make sure that I kind of dive into is one of them was the trial and error and kind of accepting the process of that. But another few like mindset things that I really had to move through in order to create my business was the number one one was self-belief and confidence. And that's kind of why I said that my journey began even before 
I quit my job and moved and stuff like that because if I hadn't have done that work and that mindset work, personal development, the growth, the healing, I would not have been confident enough and not have had the self-belief to post on social media, let alone start a business, you know? So it was really important that I had done the work to build my confidence. And that's honestly still the number one work that I do to this day. If I want to grow in business, I know that I need to grow in my self-confidence and I need to grow in my self-belief because in order to get what I want, I need to actually believe that I'm able to have it. Like if I don't believe that I'm able to have it and that I'm not capable of having it, I'm not going to get it. Like I'm going to self-sabotage or I'm going to not do the things because I think what's the point? I'm not actually capable. Like you need to make sure that your self-belief is like can catch up with your goals and your dreams because I realized very quickly, especially when I gained followers overnight and had all these people there and I was like, oh my God, this could be a business. It's everything I asked for. I realized very, very quickly how low my confidence was and how low my self-esteem was. And that caused me at the beginning to really not do the things that looking back, I wish I had done because I was too scared, because I thought I wasn't capable, because I had such low confidence that I listened to everyone else and I didn't listen to myself. Like I listened to what everyone else told me was a successful business and I didn't listen to what I actually wanted to do. And I fully believe if I had listened to what I actually wanted to do, I would be in a very different position now and I would have escaped a lot of hurt, a lot of burnout and a lot of confusion if I had the self-belief at the beginning. When you don't have that self-belief and that confidence, you just kind of like shatter. Like you really can't keep up with what it is that you need to do. And yeah, when your confidence hasn't caught up with your current like goal and your current circumstance, you're just going to keep sabotaging yourself. Like you're just, you're not going to get there. You have to work on that confidence and that self-belief so that you can then do all the things you need to do in order to reach that goal, in order to do the thing that you want to do. So self-belief is, yeah, the number one thing that I would say you need to work on and continue to work on as you continue to grow. As I move into every next level, as I want to pursue something new, just like this podcast, I realize I need to grow in my self-confidence and in my belief. It sounds really weird, but in order for me to do this podcast, I've had to go to the gym. I've had to improve my exercise and how I feel about my body because I've been experiencing really low confidence in my body image. And when I have low confidence in other areas of my life, it impacts my ability to show up in the other areas of my life. So when I have low confidence in my body and how I look and, you know, how I feel, that interacts with how I feel confident in my business and showing up as myself and posting photos of me and recording podcasts. And so take a look at your life. Where do you feel like you experience low self-esteem and how can you start to begin to work on that? For me, my body image, it was like, yes, 
I need to be kinder to myself. I need to practice like better self-talk, but I actually really need to commit to a healthy life. I want to go to the gym and going to the gym and exercising makes me feel so good about myself. And it doesn't have to be crazy. For me, it's two Pilates classes a week and just going for a walk on the other days. It's not crazy, but it gives me that massive boost of confidence. So look at your life. Where are you lacking in confidence and how can you start to work on that? And the next one I wanted to talk about was around perfection. Perfection is a massive one. Perfection will stop you in your tracks. Like if you sit there and you continue to rely on being perfect in order to bring something into this world, you will never make a change because no one is perfect. And that's the number one thing I told myself at the beginning and I still tell myself now is no one is perfect. You are not perfect. I am not perfect. I will never be perfect. You will never be perfect. Perfection does not exist. Perfection is in the eye of the beholder. Every individual gets to choose what their version of perfection is, which means that there is no consensus when it comes to what is actually perfect. And so when we think about like, perfection and feeling like we have to be perfect or like the thing that we're creating has to be perfect before we bring it out or we do it. It's just another way of you self-sabotaging. And so the biggest thing you can do is call yourself up when you're like, oh, I see, Mm." (laughs) you know, I am falling back into that perfection, perfectionism and start to do things before you're ready. And That again, if I had been a perfectionist, I literally still wouldn't have started my business to this day. And it's been a year and a half. Like there has been no point within the year and a half that has gone by where I've been like, oh my God, that's perfect. I'm perfect. Like this is perfect. Like anytime I bring something out, I know that it's not perfect. Like there's always going to be things to change. There's always going to be ways it can grow. Like it's never going to be perfect but it's perfect for right now. Like it's perfect for where I'm at with the things that I have, like it's perfect for now. And if you don't allow yourself to, like if you fall way too far into perfectionism, you're not gonna allow yourself to do trial and error and you're never going to grow. You're never going to change because you will never allow yourself to get out of your comfort zone. So the best way that you can move past perfectionism is getting out of your comfort zone, like doing things that you wouldn't normally do and doing things that make you feel a little bit like, ooh, like this is a bit scary, this is a bit unknown, like because doing those things is getting you out of comfort. When you get out of your comfort, you're out of your comfort zone. If you feel comfortable, you are within your comfort zone. When you are within your comfort zone, you do not grow. And so really just remember that It doesn't have to be perfect. There is no perfect. Like it just doesn't exist. And so one thing I always tell myself is start with where you are with what you have. You know, meet yourself where you're at right now. Start with what you have and let that be enough. You will learn as you go. You will grow as you go. You will get better at things as you go, just like any other hobby. You know, again, when you were a kid, like the more that you practice something, the better you got at it. But it took practicing. It took going to those basketball games and practicing and being bad at the start and getting better to 
become better and better and better and to produce the version that you're really, really happy with. But that takes time. Like I fully know these first few podcasts that I make are nowhere near perfect. In fact, when I look back at them, like in a year or two, I'm going to think, oh my God, you know, Emma, what were you doing? Like, what the hell? You know, when you look back on old photos of yourself when you were younger, like that's the feeling, like what the hell was I wearing? But that's just part of the process. Like that makes you you, that makes you better. And that's the whole point of it. So just know if you need someone on your side, just know I'm still here. I am putting things out into the world to thousands of people and I'm doing it even though I know they're not perfect because I need to practice. We all need to practice. We all get better through practice. And so where can you release the perfection in your life? Number one, where is perfection holding you back? Number two, where can you release the perfection? What does it look like to release that perfection? And go, 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 begin. Because yeah, if I'd waited to be perfect, I would never have released a single piece of content ever. I would never have created any type of program, any type of business. I would never have created the membership I have. I would never would have launched the membership I have. If I'd waited for perfect, I never would have moved out of home. I never would have quit my job. So release that perfectionism. It takes time to adjust if you're a big perfectionist like I was, but you have to release it. And the last thing on my little sticky note (laughs) of words is fear of failure. Fear of failure will stop 99% of people in their tracks. Do not let yourself be in that 99%. Do not let that be you. Because if you let yourself fall to the fear of failure, you will never reach your goals. Because there is the capacity, there is the opportunity for failure at every single step, no matter what we do, even if it seems safe, even if it seems secure, there is the option for failure at every single point along the way. And the best thing that you can do is change your concept of failure I used to look at failure as like, oh my God, my parents are going to be so disappointed in me. If I do the slightest thing wrong, people are going to think, oh my God, what the hell? You know, if I start this business and it doesn't work out, I'm going to be told I told you so. People are going to think I'm weird. People are going to think I'm crazy. Like if this doesn't work, even at my old job, if I'm a failure, people are going to think less of me. The best thing you can do is change your concept of that. And so while that used to be the way I used to think. Now, when I think of failure, I don't think of it as a bad thing. I don't think of failure. In fact, I don't think of really anything as inherently good or inherently bad. I say this to every client that I have. Nothing is inherently good. Nothing is inherently bad. It just is what it is. And it is the lesson that you take from it. And so how can you look at failure as, you know, I could look at all those times I started a business and didn't go ahead with it as failures, as like, oh my God, what am I doing? Everyone's gonna think I'm so stupid and I'm so wrong and I've spent money and my parents would be disappointed and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't, I looked at it as, okay, it's actually a good thing because I found another thing I don't wanna do, which means I'm closer to finding the thing that I do wanna do. And so how can you look at failure as an opportunity to actually learn what it is that you don't wanna do 
compared to looking at it as such a like terribly bad thing because in your head a lot of the times the way we are raised in this society is we think that failure is the worst thing in the world like it means that we're not going to have friends we're not going to have family like everyone's going to be upset with us and disappointed in us and so the way we're raised is to seek that acceptance from other people and when we fail we think that acceptance is going to be taken away and so what we need to realize is that our family our friends if we fail at something if something doesn't work out that doesn't mean they love us any less. Like they love us just because of who we are. And if you feel like you have friends and family in your life that depend on you having to be a certain type of successful, they probably don't have your best interests at heart. They're probably not the right friend for you. If they want you to put aside your happiness in order for you to be their version of success. They're not the right person for you. Like I'm going to cut it dry and say it. And so how can you within yourself change your version of failure? Because if you don't change your version of failure, if you keep seeing it as a bad thing, again, you will not allow the trial and error. You will constantly fall into perfectionism. You will never accept the process. You will have such low self-esteem and confidence and you, you won't have the tools and the self-belief and the skills that you need in order to chase after the things that you want. You will continue to just live life trying to make it look good for other people rather than making it feel good for you. And so changing your concept of failure, accepting Every entrepreneur and business owner that I know knows that failure is just a part of the process. It's a part of trial and error and trial and error is what you need to have in order to figure out what is right for you, what is wrong for you. So how can you accept failure as a part of a, the process and realize that failure is just going to be a part of it? It's natural. It happens to everyone. Like it is just a trial and error because no matter what happens, failure will exist in your world. It exists in mine. You could say I've failed a million times, but if someone said, oh, that failed, I would literally not care. I'd be like, yeah, thank God, because it got me to where I am now. Like, oh, I failed at that job interview for that fashion brand. Okay, great. Because if I hadn't have failed, I wouldn't have started this business. I wouldn't be where I am today. I'm going to leave you on that note. How can you change your view of failure? How can you increase your self-belief, engage in the trial and error process and accept that, remove that perfectionism and just start where you are with what you have. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was helpful and insightful for you. And also if you have any podcast recommendations for the future, if you want me to go further into business, whether it's strategy, whether it's mindset, if you want me to dive further into mindset and specific situations, friendships, love, money, whatever it is, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram because I just want to make this podcast helpful for everyone. And so if you send me a DM with a topic you want me to dive into, I will make sure to make a podcast episode on that. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to speak to you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Elevate You podcast. If you loved what you heard, make sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes. Want more of this in your life? Follow me on socials at Elevated by M. 
I absolutely love connecting with you, so make sure to send me a DM or tag me in a screenshot of this episode. I'm so happy you're here and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode.